You're listening to The Toast EDU, a podcast developed here at Paradise Valley Community College. I am your host, Sam Fraulino, an instructional multimedia developer that will discuss new instructional media strategies, trends, and other topics of digital media for teaching and learning. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to episode 12. Today joining me is... Lynn McClellan, and we're going to be talking about a little bit of the new Media Lab experience. Welcome, Lynn. Hey, Sam. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Really good. Um, you know, excited to do this. This is going to be a fun podcast about the new Media Lab experience. It is. It is. And for for one thing I want to talk about is for anyone listening, if you hear any clanking, um, something banging on each other, we're, we're in a room here at the college and we're crammed into this like. Yeah. This office that's so filled with stuff, but we're, we're determining to do this podcast and have fun with it because it is a podcast that we definitely feel very um, passionate about, about the subject. But for one thing, we're finally together. We've been remote and, it, and it's just, it's actually good to just actually see you. Yeah, no doubt. And we are crammed in here. We're in a, an office space. It used to be Linda Lawson's old office in, in uh, the computer lab. And uh, right now I'm using the office and it's full of stuff from Verizon Innovative Learning. And so we've got We've got a, a laptop cart, cardboard. And a bunch of cardboard, a, a, a case <laughs> of water. So yeah, we're, we, got we are, we're, we're stuck on two sides of a desk trying to make this work, but it's pretty we're, cool. Well, actually, we're only like, I can actually almost reach out and hold her, but we're, we have so much stuff in between us, yeah. it's actually kind of funny. We probably should take a picture of it and, and post it. But yeah, then um, before we get started with talking about the new Media Lab experience and what we want to do, can you introduce yourself a little bit and some of the things that you do around campus? Okay. I'm Lynn McClelland. I'm an English instructor at Paradise Valley Community College, and I'm currently the co-director for the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Employee Engagement. And as a part of the, what we call the CT Lee, we are uh, developing a new Media Lab experience um, on our campus, and Sam and I are going to be starting it and running it. Well, and, and the thing is, is it's funny because we talked about Media Labs for a long time. We've, we've talked about them um, when Paul Golish was here, Mary Lou Mosley. But this is the final, I think, this final, the, the first time we're actually talking about it for real, that we're like really doing this. But what I wanted to do also is I wanted to talk about the, uh, the New Media Lab, not, not only from this point of view of just like introducing it to the podcast, but I want to talk about it um, from the point of view is this is a new way for us to work with faculty and staff. Because we want to bring this into the college, but we don't want to, it's not like just opening a door and saying, hey, we're open. We, we want to do this now. Yeah, right? absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And another thing too, is when we're talking about the proposal, um, this all went through John Storsley, Jennifer Henderson. Yeah. And um, we were real close. Right. And we worked closely with them. You guys actually went down there and talked to um, Eddie Webb, which you'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but I think this is, for this episode, I think it's going to be a really good introduction of what our vision is to this. And I'm excited about talking about it. But one thing I want to talk about, too, is how long we work together. We've been working on a ton of projects together. Yeah, it's, um, you know, you were here when I started as an adjunct. Right, right. And so that's that's 98. I, right. And I actually think, because I was over in the media center as a part-time employee while I was going to ASU, and I was over there at media center helping you guys out and doing all that kind of fun stuff. And then I went over to IT in 2001. And that's wow. when you were hired, right? Like yeah, time. I got actually. I, I had an OIO in two thousand because we that's were doing crazy. the the first year experience, right, and right. so I was using the media lab a lot because we were we were making um, videos in, right. in my courses, right? And I remember too. You like you always you were one of the only instructors like in the early nineties or mid nineties who really started diving into video and diving into digital storytelling and yeah. all those fun things. And, and it's funny because 
that was probably 95, 96, 97 going up into like, as even when I was leaving, well, I was doing that with other instructors, but as you, you were here in 98, um, and I was starting with Kathy Hart and all that in NIT, I was so interested with Loretta and Jesse Munch. Oh, yeah. Of creating like what we're talking about today, which is this new media lab, right? So I think that's kind of cool how we kind of came full circle, and now we're and now we're both together in the same in the same, in the same space. Yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> it's really cool. So let's let's get down to what we're really here for, though. We're talking about the new media lab. We're talking about the passion, the vision that we have for this lab. But I want to ask you first, what is the new media lab experience? If nobody has ever heard of us talking about it. Okay, so um, the New Media Lab experience started at Mesa Community College. Eddie Webb, who's an English instructor there, started it. And, you know, it's kind of the 21st century's answer to the writing center, where where students would go to the writing center to uh, get individualized help on their written assignments. Like a physical space. Right. Right. So the New Media Lab experience is a physical space where students get uh, assistance, personalized help with creating their videos or their documentaries, their podcasts, their their graphics, whatever it is they're working on for their right. for their classes, but it's kind of instead of it's it's the 21st century answer to that. Moving away from, you know, this writing just writing papers or taking tests, but um, having students take that that written content and develop some kind of media uh, out of that. Right. That um, so they're not just learning how to like research and um, and write, but they're applying that to 21st century skills that they would actually utilize, you know, out in in, in, in the, the quote unquote real world. Right. One thing I like about it too, because I'm not a teacher, I'm a developer. I've been in multimedia for almost 30 years. I'm just really excited about getting people in one space to do everything that we need to do for digital media because it's we know that they have more power in the palm of their hand than most computer labs around the country. And that's one of our kind of our missions. And every time we talk about the new media lab experience with people, we're talking about, we don't need to invest a lot in equipment. We just need the space. Yeah. We just need the space and kind of the, you know, just the push to do it. But we're, we're excited about that. So, well, and in, in talking about that, I mean, it, you know, Mesa's had this going for a while now, so they're making right. full-blown documentaries. So they have $3,000 cameras. And our point to our campus was, you know, we can start small. That if we're, if, you know, we're talking about starting like an influencer class that's just worth one credit. And students can use their video, their cameras for, or their phone cameras for for video. And right. we can, you know, a, a, for 70 bucks, you can get a, a decent microphone, you know, one of those little road um, shotgun mics and you're, you're set right. and you're going to create high quality content with that. And I think that's one of our goals. Yeah. Uh, I think our goals for this whole entire media lab is to make it accessible for everybody, no matter what, um, what kind of equipment they have, what kind of equipment we have, because right. obviously we can't just wave a magic wand. Um, and that was a Harry Potter reference. <laughs> I was going to make a Harry Potter references, but we promised not to. <laughs> um, as I say, we can't leave a, you know, a magic wand and just get, like you said, all this expensive equipment. So we are willing and wanting to develop this program from the point of view of these students having whatever they have in their pocket or us having iPads, affordable media and stuff like that. And I think that's, that's so important for that. Well, and it also, it, it's, it, it kind of, you know, what's their appetite. So right. we're, we're the, the thing to me is if, if we want faculty to be invested in this with um, having media type projects in their classes then we need to do it in a way that is accessible to the students. Right. So we're not trying to check all this stuff out. 
faculty will know, okay, I, I want them to create a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have the space for them to do it. They can they can decide whether or not they want to tell them what the topic is right. or what area they want to cover. And we'll handle teaching the mm-hmm. students how to utilize the materials, how to, how to make that thing happen. Well, and especially because of the fact that you can actually do podcasts right on your phone, just using your earbuds and your little microphone, because uh, Anchor, which is uh, a podcast hosting platform that Lynn and I are both using for development reasons, we figured out on there that you can actually record podcasts live, like from your phone, right up into Anchor. How can you beat that? Yeah. I mean, you're not you're not bringing them into an expensive studio. You're not bringing in really expensive equipment, and then it's not being used for a year or so, and it's outdating itself, or it's breaking down, or you got to have an engineer running it. This is stuff that we want to teach people how to use with whatever they have already. Exactly. And I think that's key. Okay. Okay, so Lynn, what, what's another aspect then of Eddie Webb's program? That so you felt? Eddie Webb is Native American, and so he's working closely with a lot of Native American students at Mesa's campus. And so they were creating um, documentaries for uh, telling the stories for their local communities. And so that's another aspect. You know, once we've developed this a little more, we could be working, say, with our Latino populations and help them tell their stories. And uh, but this can work for anybody. Right, right. But but it's it's a way to um, to develop the skills, but also make it personal. So they're 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 learning how to tell stories. They're learning how to to utilize all this different media, and that that um, those skill sets can translate into a lot of different careers. And that's good because you guys, you and John Storsley went down to Mesa and you met with them and they kind of put you like on an impromptu podcast and you guys answered questions back and forth. And we, um, we have that video and we edited it down. So we created um, a new Media Lab experience video with John and Lynn and I'll put that uh, URL to that video in the podcast notes as well. So you guys can check that out. But what, what was exactly in that video? Just you guys talking about the vision of the new Media Lab that you wanted? Yeah, it was interesting because it was impromptu. I, I had no idea we were going to be doing something like that. It was a cold, rainy day. I showed up there with, you know, a, a, just, just in, you know, t- T-shirts. I had my heavy, I actually have the same sweatshirt on. And, and all of a sudden I'm in front of the camera. But um, so, you know, John really saw this as an opportunity to kind of market the program so we could uh, build support for it. And so he was asking a lot of questions about, like, how could faculty use this in their classes and what are what are um, what are some uh, ways that that this could be utilized so that um, so that a a variety of courses could take advantage of something like this. And then just the idea that, you know, because for some faculty, it can sound intimidating if we're talking about, well, have your students do, you know, a media assignment instead of of a paper. And it's like, you don't have to worry about the technical part of it. That's our job. Yeah, you guys did a good job in that video talking about that a little bit. So I think if faculty watch that video, I think they're going to get a better understanding of what this whole new media lab experience is going to be like, but also maybe, maybe not be so intimidated by it because it's not going to be like that. It's going to be a place where you can come in. And, and a matter of fact, we even talked about, and I don't know if you guys talked about in the video, but we have multiple times is we want our students to also teach the faculty yes. how to do things because we know what they're coming in with. They're experts at TikTok. They're experts at Instagram, Snapchat. They're experts at the, at the ability to create very powerful short videos. Yeah. We know that because that's what they've been doing for the last eight years yep. with this, with social media. So I think it's going to be a good chance for students and, and to learn from faculty, but also faculty learning from students. Exactly. Okay. It's that whole partnering. Right. Right. 
Okay, Lynn, so how will PVCC then adapt and adopt all these concepts, you think? Well, I think, um, first of all, you know, we're, we're looking at uh, post-COVID, our enrollment's down. So, so like we said earlier, we want to start small. We want to we wanna let students, we want to use what students already have in their pocket. So it doesn't, we don't want them to feel like they have to spend all this money in order to be able to create media. Mm-hmm. And they know they don't because they, like you said, they've already been making TikTok videos. They're, they're, already, doing they're all, yeah, exactly. So, um, so I think our, our goal is to provide that space to be able to work with them and, and teach them the skills beyond that. Like, how to shoot proper video right. with their cameras. Kind of like a, a best practices. Like you come in, because you mentioned earlier with um, uh, having a, like an influencer class where we come in, teach them how to make a YouTube thumbnail, yeah. how to make a thumbnail for Vimeo, um, all those little things that you can do to make your social media better. Yeah. And and, and doing that with, with these students, I think, is, is really important because it, not only does it help them be more creative when creating content for assignments, but like you said, they could take this into the real world. Yeah. They could take it into the career if they're working. Some of these students are already full-time, uh, you know, folks who work in a marketing firm or whatever. And coming in here and working in this lab can really inspire them. Yes. And so. um, it, I think the other thing, too, is is sound quality because we know, especially if, if they would get into videos, <laughs> right, right. That, that having decent sound. I mean, I can't tell you how many YouTube videos I've turned off. Right. Because the sound quality is so bad, right, right, right. and the content may be fantastic, but if I can't stand listening to it, it's you know, I mean, you're, you're hurting yourself, if, right? If, and, we, and we've dealt with that with years, like um, student, not student, um, faculty intro videos that oh, yeah. they do in, in Canvas, and and the, and it's all set up nicely. It's them sitting there, like you know, in their office, and then you hear this really loud humming from the AC, or you hear some some people banging on the door, or whatever, and it really turns you off. To yeah. listening to that, so I, I definitely can understand that, especially coming from YouTube. Because how many how many YouTube videos have you listened to where you can hear traffic in the background or 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 some mom yelling at some kid in the background? You're like, I have had enough of this. Yeah, I've totally had enough of this. Or there's so much background noise that you're having a hard time right. hearing right. the actual what they're actually saying. Right. And, I, and I'll be the first to say, I mean, I'm not I'm not an audio engineer by any means at, at that level, but I definitely know how important audio is when it comes to making uh well, for one, a podcast. We're in we're in this office right now. It's it's not the ideal setup and it's not the ideal sound because we both kind of said, you know, it's not as crisp as we would like it to be, but it, it's it's getting the job done for what we need for now. Yeah. But but definitely there's always room for improvement. That's what we hope this lab does is is teach the little things that can make things better. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, and it can be like once we actually set the soffits up where we have the the panels on there to help dampen the sound. We don't have all this stuff for noise <laughs> to bounce off. I mean, but we can show them that. It you know, right. it's simple things like hanging blankets. You'll see this on on videos where right. all they've done is got is gotten cheap uh, packing blankets. Oh, that's what, that's what I was thinking and, about. Like the blankets in the back of a U-Haul. Yeah. The moving blankets. They'll, it, they'll, they'll hang them up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, and that, that's right. enough right. to, to get rid of the, the stuff that, that makes noise. Yeah. Bouncing yeah. off of stuff. And it's funny. Cause I saw one video, there's a girl on YouTube, she's got a creative podcast and she's, so she, she does YouTube videos about her episode. Um, it's not, you're not exactly lis- listening to the podcast on YouTube, but she'll talk about it for like three or four minutes. And then she directs you to go listen to her podcast. But the thing is, she's got hundreds and thousands of downloads, and then she records her podcast in her closet, 
And she stands up there with a stool and she's surrounded by all her clothes and she records this podcast. Now, again, you're not watching her you're hearing it. And it is absolutely perfect because she's taking those methods, you know, dampening the, the environment, um, cloth, having cloth around you and things like that. So yeah, simple, simple. <laughs> so multi, and then we talk about multimedia. We talk about assignments, universal design. You have a little bit more background and experience with that. Um, tell me a little bit about that. So universal design for learning is recognizing that, um, that everybody um, can demonstrate what they've learned better different ways. Like there's some people that are naturally gifted at being able to take tests and some people are really good at writing papers, but some people are much more media driven. And so I like to do assignments that allow students to demonstrate what we've covered, but maybe, maybe make a comic strip. Oh, oh, you get me started on that. That was one of your best things. I remember those students would always come into the media center asking for a video camera or doing a camera to check out to do something for your class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we would we used Comic Life, right. and so they would they would make these. Um, we would take the work that we were doing. They would break into groups, and um, you know it was a it was a film and lit course. So I wanted them to the first time do it as a comic strip because it's easier to do still photos, but break the content down into images and, and recognize just how, what a difficult process that right. is to tell a story visually. Well, and also too, you know, by doing that, you're relaxing the student right off the bat and they're like, okay, this is going to be one fun Two, They get to express some creativeness. Finally, yeah. they get to really get creative. And, and they that, did. Yeah, that's, they oh, really did. Those were beautiful. Um, the, the, I just remember the one we were, uh, they, so they wanted to make it look like the person shrunk. So they put the camera <laughs> right up by her fingers and the person that's standing is way, way Wait, in the background. Yeah. So it looks like she's holding that person <laughs> in her, in her hand. And so it, it's that kind of stuff that's really right. smart, but you've, you know, they have it working in groups. You have to work through group dynamics. You have to plan what you're going to do. You have to work through the content that you want to that you want to demonstrate. And then you have to go out there and shoot it and then put it all together. That's a, a whole process right. that that demonstrates they a learned what was important in that work, were able to demonstrate what they learned and and did it in a way that was super creative, fun for them and and fun for all of us. Right. And not to mention, too, is it also learned how to work in a group to pinpoint other students' skill sets. So one might be able to do camera work real well. There might be somebody in the group that knows audio well. And then you start putting all that together. Next thing you know, you got a really good team of a group project of students that created something really cool. Yeah. That's and, cool. And it was, it was, it was a fun way. And so we've, we've done a lot of, I've done a lot of stuff like that in my courses over the years. Right. And I know one thing that we talked about with the new media lab as well is we wanted to work with faculty um, to help them develop multimedia assignments as well. Yeah. So talking about um, getting students comfortable with both um, assigning them projects that they're comfortable with doing, but also grading them. When, you, when we talk about grading them, what, is, what do you mean by that? So, okay. So part of what I've been doing is, is going uh, out on the internet and, mm-hmm. and looking at what, how other universities and colleges are using podcasts and video for, as, for student assignments. Right. And um, and so I've also collected their rubrics so um, faculty could see, okay, this is a way that I could I could have students um, demonstrate what they've learned in this course. But this is also a way for me to understand how to grade it, because, you know, you can you know, if you've been teaching how to write papers for a long time, you know how to grade papers. But all of a sudden now you're getting a podcast. Well, you know, how do I how do I grade a podcast? Right. Because you mentioned rubrics. 
creating a rubrics for that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. And so there's there's rubrics out there that they could adapt and then look at, okay, there's a line about content. There's a line about sound, sound quality. There's, you know, a line about how, how well they use their resources. Right, right. And so those are ways to grade it that gives feedback to the student. But it's not – it's feedback on the content, which is important. But it's also feedback on how well they did making the podcast so that the next time out, they're like, okay, don't sit so close to the camera. Don't mm-hmm. move the microphone around mm-hmm. a bunch of times. So I'm hearing scratch, 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 scratch. <laughs> you know, those little right. things that you're not, you don't realize. It's, it's like I'd tell my students when they were making videos, pay attention to the noises around right. you. Because if I'm recording, you, you know, two people talking and saying lines and there's a plane flying over the head. Guess what you're going to hear? Right. It's not the people talking. Because right. you even said you you have a microphone at home that you've used at home that's picked up aircraft. Yeah, like really strong audio yeah. signals from the aircraft. Yeah. So yeah. and and so you have to pay attention to that. And so as soon as I hear like a helicopter flying over, because I live close to you know around Camelback and 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 Piesawa Peak, so mm-hmm. people are getting <laughs> rescued. Um, but uh, I just stop. I just stop talking. Because I know I'm going to need to edit that back out right. anyway. So just give it that pause. That pause, yeah. Wait a few seconds till after the, the, the craft has flown by <laughs> so I can see where the break is when I go to edit it. Yeah. And then, you know, I just cut it there and, and lift it out. Well, realistically, too, even if you're recording here at the college, you know, you might be getting a phone call or somebody, like somebody could knock on this door that we're in right now and that phone could ring or, or your phone or whatever. So yeah. that happens. But we, th- we talked about providing training skills and opportunities as well for faculty and staff um, and a place for them to develop these skills and for their own professional development. Do you see the new Media Lab experience do you see that being a place where a lot of faculty and staff would come in, not necessarily for assignments for their students? Because we talked about working with students kind of one-on-one, but do you see that being as a place where they come in and maybe somebody who works in marketing or somebody who works over in an end building says, hey, I want to learn Photoshop. I want to learn how to make a PNG file like with a transparent background. Do you think that? Do you think the new Media Lab is going to be a place where that, that stuff can happen as well? Oh, absolutely. I think, I think it's all of that. I think, I think you are going to have faculty because one of the things I want to do this semester to, to get them experience with it is just come in and, and make a podcast. We're going to do a little session on right. how to do that. We're, you know, for, and there's staff that's interested in doing that as mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. but just get them comfortable with it. So you don't have to be brilliant at it to assign it, but at least you have some experience with it. So you know what your students about to go through. Right. As far as, as staff goes, certainly if they're interested in, you know, professional development, then they can come in and, and work on, you know, if they want to, like you said, develop their, their um, Photoshop skills or Lightroom, or they're interested in um, you know, learning more about video or even podcasting. Um, they can come in and they can take the same course because that's really what's beautiful about right. it is I'd like to see students, faculty and staff in the room at the same time looking at how each other uses this media. Right, right. I took a, a web design class from John Storsley and this, there was a student, a young man sitting next to me. And so I'm looking at it like this is back in 98. Like I want to I want to put my syllabus online. Mm-hmm. I want to write the code and put my syllabus online and use it in my classes. And so I'm I was doing super rudimentary stuff and I looked over at this kid and his designs were so clean and mm-hmm. so beautiful and I threw everything I was doing out and I I looked at what he did and that 
after that, everything I've ever created has had that real simple, clean, straightforward design. I learned that from my students, mm-hmm. I, you know, and so that's what I want to see is that kind of partnering and co-developing and going, oh, man, that's mm-hmm. really cool. I want to do that. How well, do you do that? Well, and the cool thing is with that is because because he was sitting next to you and he was designing and you kind of peeked over and said, hey, that's really cool. I don't think what you, he really realized is he's given you his point of view of design trends from his point of view. And I don't, I don't know how old he was, so I'm going to just say, let's say he's 25. Uh, he's like 17. Oh, okay. So he's been younger than that. So imagine what's going on in his mind through trends and digital media that he's experienced, but not, but let alone what he wants and how he expects his media to be given. And that's where we see different things from younger folks who come into this college. And I think the new Media Lab, one thing I think that will do is bring in a good fresh batch of ideas and innovation from a, a group of people that we normally don't work with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And I think that's, that's super important. But one thing I wanted to talk about before um, we skip it is you did mention talking about uh, like a new media lab one-on-one course. And that kind of goes in hand in hand when we talked about um, faculty coming in or staff coming in for development. So that course would kind of play there, right? Absolutely. So, um, you know, it, and it can be worth the credit or not. I mean, it, I, I don't really, It's the kind of course that uh, I want people to come in and just go, I just want to play. I mean, that's, right. that's the beauty right. of media. I, you know, so often people are intimidated right. about it. And I always looked at it like, man, this is a chance to play. I never cared. I just got done. I just sat on the computer and played. Yeah. I just played. I mean, the, the minute Photoshop came out in 96, I, I played. The yeah. same Illustrator. And it's funny is I started playing with Illustrator um, in high school and I just started playing with that pen tool. I was fascinated by the pen tool. And that's what came up. Now, now you know, it's like I love Illustrator just because of that. But you're right. You're right. Yeah, and and, and so it's it's re, it's getting them out of the mindset of wow, this is a really hard program. Right, right. And I don't know what all these tools are. Who cares? Right. You got this big white canvas. Go for it. Right. There's no right or wrong right. here. And so, you know, what What I'd like to see the new Media Lab is be that space that people come in and, and play and go, okay, you know, now that I understand how these things work, this is what I want to do. Help me make the best thing of right. what I want to do. The best practices for yeah, that, right? Yeah. And that reminds me, too, of going in to what you talked about earlier. You talked about, you like, for example, this lab would be a good place to support your digital media or not your digital media, sorry, your digital storytelling um, stuff. And you've done some cool stuff with that. Now imagine a place where they can work on this together, but you and I are roaming around helping them out. Oh and yeah. Like that. So, yeah. And you've done some great stuff with digital storytelling. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's such a great class. And, you know, I, I took the class a long time ago from Scottsdale and I think probably the best example of, of uh, you know, how impactful something like this can be is right. we went up to, and I'm never sure whether it's called V or Vi, but um, there was a, a, a Holocaust survivor up there who was actually on Schindler's list. Oh, that's incredible. And so, yeah. So, um, so in my class, we looked at, at, um, Schindler's List, the book. We mm-hmm. also um, examined some. We also read his book because he right. wrote a book, right. and um, and watched the movie. And then we went up and sat down and we videotaped. We created a digital story of this guy. I contacted uh, Washington D.C. the Holocaust Museum there because they had photographs of him, oh. and so they sent me the whatever media they have because I was able to go through their to go to their website and find mm-hmm. those images. I also um, if 
the the Holocaust Museum in the memorial in right. is Israel. Um, they have uh, the actual Schindler's List because um, somebody found this this um, suitcase, opened it up, and there was the actual list in it. And so they have a PDF copy. So I found his name on that <laughs> list. And so we created a website. That's we had so cool. video of, of this guy telling his story, and it it was powerful. Yeah, powerful. Just imagine if you had the lab at the time, because I think you were were you doing laptop carts. We were doing laptop cards. You know, I, I was trying to work on this in my, at, at home, right. and my mom was really sick at the time. And so it was really a struggle. And, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, I had the skills to support my students. Imagine if I had a lab right. where I could have brought my students and they could come in when I wasn't there and just work on this stuff right. and know that the, the, the lab was going to be there and there would be people there to support it. Well, and given to... At the time that you did that, you didn't have students recording interviews with their own phones and maybe taking sound bites. We were still like taking cam- video doing, cameras right, like, up there. Like a video camera from the media center you, you'd bring over there and, yeah. and record it. And then you guys were bringing it back. And then now we were, are all you guys editing that or were you just editing the clips? Um, I brought it, I, I put it together. And then what I would do is I would bring, we would have days where they would come to my office and they would work on it. And oh, so okay, okay. we didn't finish it that semester. So I used my 101 students the next semester who, who um, a few of them went through the whole book of Schindler's List and they broke it into pieces. Um, and uh, and cr- like I said, we created this website and one of them created a timeline. And, and so it was, it was a huge multimedia project that took an entire year. And uh, but it was really powerful. And being in there, hearing his story, I just remember sitting there thinking, there is no part of my life that I could ever relate to this. Like right. there, nothing is ever going to happen to me that is ever going to come close to what this guy is describing. Right, right. See, and then you could only just hope too that those students pulled that same oh, feeling man, out. Yeah, but not did. to mention, you could just imagine what that would have been like if they all were. Um, recording those sound bites on their phone or making a small Snapchat or a small uh, TikTok with that and then putting that out there, yeah. the impact that would have been. I mean, hoping, hopefully that's what our vision for this new media lab is, is to create a space for what you had to do in your office, yeah. basically. So you were basically doing like a small little media lab is creating this space for everybody to come in and just have that same hope as well. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of hope, um, what are your hopes then for PVCC's new Media Lab experience? What, is, what are your hopes? So, uh, you know, I, I'm really hoping for a lot of collaboration between faculty and staff, faculty and students, staff and students. Everybody. Yeah, Everybody, yeah, yeah. That this isn't, you know, and we kind of mentioned this earlier, that this is just going to be a great creative space. I want people to feel like, you know, I want to hang out in the media lab. Like right. that That would be great for people to feel like, oh, wow, look what they're doing. That's really cool. Yeah, I want to, what I, what I kind of, just to piggyback on that real quickly, I just want a space where like even faculty can go, you know what, I got a couple, you know, I got an hour to kill. I'm going to walk over there and see what's going on in the lab. Maybe somebody over there to talk to, maybe somebody's working on a project. Maybe you and I are editing um, our new series called the Puma Playback. It has a little pod, or a little a little <laughs> plug. Um, but yeah, we got, you know, the Puma Playback coming up. We got a couple of instructors that are in faculty and staff that are willing to do um, little videos with us. How cool would that be to be in there working on that? Yeah. And, then, and then somebody comes in and says, oh, what you guys working on? And like, oh, cool. So that collaboration is what I'm looking for too. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. 
And, um, and I'm, you know, you actually introduced me to this book, but, you know, I'm reading it right now. It's Mark Pensy's uh, book, Teaching Digital Natives, Partnering for Rural Learning. And that's really inspired me. In fact, I have a podcast called um, Uppercase, Lowercase, a podcast for creative types. <laughs> I love that name. Because <laughs> it's funny, just when you say the name, I smile. I, I just love that name. It's going to be cool. <laughs> but but I want to cover the idea, the, the concept of partnering, because what Pensy's saying is yeah. that, you know, faculty are the content, um, you know, they're the, the, the ones who know the content. And so to move out of, you know, and I think this is a process that's been going on more and more. And little I think, by little. Yeah. And right. I think younger faculty are particularly good at it. And that's moving out of the, the old stage mm-hmm. on the sage mm-hmm. model where you're going to stand up there and lecture and instead um, mentor and coach and guide. And so you present questions, you know, kind of the Socratic method where mm-hmm. you're, you're posing these questions. And so they have to go out and do the research and find those answers um, and then they're going to take that information and maybe create a podcast, mm-hmm. maybe create a video. For me, because um, I'm reading the book also, yeah. um, we both kind of started reading it together. And here's what I find interesting about that book. I'll, first of all, one, I'm not an instructor. I'm not a trainer. I've been doing it for two years with the, with the absence of Linda Lawson and um, you know showing people how to do things, kind of coming up with sessions or figuring out ways to train people on things. But I'm not a trainer by nature. It's just not in me. I'm a back end, um, you know, you know, keep me in the dungeon kind of thing, and I'll just create for you. And what this book has done for me though, it's made me realize you need more people on a team that can partner up. Yeah, and I think that's what faculty are going to benefit of having students partnering up with them. So then faculty aren't carrying the load of thinking they have to know everything about media, everything about digital technology. Their students are there to help them as well. So that that's that partnering. But what's partnering for me and you is you're you're reading the book from an instructor's point of view. I mean, you've been an instructor for a long time. You know this stuff. Uh, you know, frontwards and backwards. For me, I'm just going through it from the whole point of view of a multimedia developer. And then I think, but when we talk. Every time we have a conversation or we, every time we get online to have a meeting, we're always talking a little bit like, hey, where are you um, on, in this book? We're, we're always kind of in the same spot, but our perspectives are always different. Yeah. It's cool because right now I'm heavily in, that, in the part where they're talking about partnering and teaching and assignments. That's just not my thing. I'm not, right. I'm not a teacher. So I, I still read it. I still go through it. But when it gets into the multimedia part, I, the first thing I think of is how can I partner with Lynn? Because you have that piece. Right. So I think it's cool that we're, we're kind of going through that together. I recommend that book to anybody. Yeah, it's a really good book. And, I, you know, I, I like it because it it demystifies this process. You know, stop feeling like as an instructor, um, these kinds of assignments are out mm-hmm. of reach. They're not out of reach. You don't have to be the, the master of everything. And something like a new media lab experience makes it possible for you to just go, okay, I'm the content expert. Right. I'm going to cover this information, but I'm going to do it in a way that's more interactive because students are used to going online like with a question, like, how do I do this? Or right. how do I access this? So I'll, fi- I'll go on YouTube and I'll find that video. And so what, what Pence is saying is we need to use that desire for students to just go ask the questions, go find the answers and, and use that in our classes to get them and keep them mm-hmm. engaged. But that the faculty can can you know kind of coach, mentor, and guide students to find the you know the better resources that the and 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 help them understand that content by having deeper questions that 
dig down and and drill into the 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 um you know the kind of more difficult problems that they might not have gotten to through right. YouTube but um but they you know if the, if you have an instructor there that's guiding them to a, a variety of resources then it's going to make the experience richer and then by taking that rich experience learning the content and now you're going to have them um, you know, like do this, create a podcast. So I write up all this stuff and I've, I've got my, my resources and, you know, my evidence and now I'm going to present it, but present it in a, in a way that, that utilizes multimedia. Um, and we're, we're helping mm-hmm. them develop skills so that they're doing it. You know, I, I hate to say correctly, but in, in a more professional way so right. that the, the outcome is, is, is is better and 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 of a higher quality right and i think we we can get the the for 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 many years we always felt like when students made a video or instructors make a video and i don't know why or where this came from but we always we always thought it had to be 20 minutes long 15 minutes (laughs) long i'm telling you it's the reason why snapchat is so popular it's the reason why tiktok is so popular the younger students are used to short, quick videos, and they're powerful. Now, you can make two or three short videos on one topic um, if you're talking about something specific, but that's one thing I really want to work with in this lab is whatever we're doing and whatever we're teaching and wherever we're, we're working with faculty on media is to keep in mind what's going on in the real world, what's trending. So right now, we know those one-minute two minute bursts of video are really trending. So we should be really making sure that our faculty and staff, when we're in the lab working with them, we're taking those same practices. Absolutely. And I think for faculty, especially because they do tend to, you know, they're they're trying to cover the whole chapter and it's like chunk Mm -hmm. it, right? Chunk it, right? Take just that one piece from that chapter. That's a short video. Take the next piece from that chapter and that's a short video or a short podcast. Right. Or imagine taking and telling students, read this passage from this book, make me a 30 second quick little TikTok or an Instagram of what you think of what you just read because it's not intimidating. Yeah. You're not telling the student, go home, write me a script, um, stand in front of your video camera for 20 minutes, edit it. You're not doing any of that. You're reaching them where they're most comfortable. And that's that little 30 seconds to even 15 seconds. I mean, there's some, if you go on TikTok right now and you go into discover mode and you type in um, uh, any kind of subject, you will find millions of videos on there and they're 15 seconds long. Right. I mean, that, that's incredible that yeah. we're living in a day and age where we can tell a story in 15 seconds. Wow. And it doesn't mean that you got to make just one and you can do multiple, you know, multiple different ones. Um, I want to, I want to say something once about the hope of the new media lab. For me, I have, I, I have one hope for this whole thing is impacting and openly sharing our ideas, skills and development research, meaning ourselves learn in this environment. I, I want to come away with these younger kids and I say kids because, you know, they're coming out of high school at 18 years old and, and they're, they've been playing with media their whole life. They've been gaming their yeah. whole life. They've been living behind a headset and a, and, a, and a webcam their entire life. And I want them to teach me. I want to, I want to co-design with them. I want to come up with new solutions, um, you know, for faculty and staff. But also, too, is I want this new media lab for me to be a, basically a collaborative hub around the district because I've been, I've been doing multimedia for the district for, you know, 20 years full time. But one of my real goals is because I do, I do pieces of projects all over, all over Maricopa. But what I want is a place where we can kind of come together, like a real resting place yeah. where we're all learning from each other. And that collaboration is taking place there 
rather than being thrown at me uh, through email or, hey, can you do this or can you help out? But I want, I want a place where we can kind of come together and tap into those resources and just build great things. I totally agree. And I mean, there's so much um, synergy and energy that comes out of that. Um, and we're always, you know, I mean, it's like what we're doing right now. Uh, my hands are waving all over the place. He can't, he can't see it, but I get so excited. I'm like, I can't wait for us to have a real space where, right. where we're doing this. And we're not kind of like, I, I can't even put my legs under the desk because of how we're sitting. And, um, but it doesn't matter because it's still a dynamic place and way to work and then bring in all these other people. And I just can't imagine how exciting and fun and engaging and creative that will be. I know. And Lynn, thank you. I can't thank you enough for being here for, for doing this podcast. And we're going to do many more. We're, like I said, we're crammed in this area. We're having a blast doing it. Um, it's not even hard to say goodbye because I think we can, we can talk for another hour <laughs> no, and it's been no. like 45 minutes. But I do want to say, um, I want to invite others, one, to, to Lynn's podcast. Lynn, do you want to say your podcast again? Uh, my podcast is called Uppercase, Lowercase uh, Podcast for Creative Types. Nice, nice. So we'll have that going. We definitely have uh, more Puma playbacks coming. Um, I can list a bunch of other things. But um, if you have any questions on what's coming up with the New Media Lab and the New Media Lab experience, you can contact Lynn McClellan or myself. And also, too, you can probably contact Jen Henderson, John Storsley. We're yeah. all being involved in this. And there's a few others who are throwing in a lot of input and a lot of work into this as well as we're kind of getting this proposal together. Um, I do want to remind you to check out the video that we did with John and Lynn. Yeah. And as Lynn said, she wasn't really dressed for it. But it's a great <laughs> video because you're so dang excited. Um, but I love it. And it, it talks about them bringing the New Media Lab to PV and the work that it's taking. And again, we, we do want to start small because we want to do it right. Yeah. We definitely want to create a good area. And if you want to reach out, oh, go ahead. Because I think it's not it's not how much stuff we have that's going to make a dynamic space. I mean, that you know, right. having a lot of equipment is great, right. but you can have equipment and nobody comes. And so mm -hmm. I think having a really great space that's creative and welcoming, fun and engaging with the right, you know, with us. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we always get excited about this stuff mm -hmm. that that kind of passion and right. energy catches on. And that's my hope. It's funny, too, because. Just what you said right here, I could go on for another half an hour with it because it's crazy. We get so passionate about it because Lynn and I have had tons of conversations about this. And we'll, matter of fact, we're, we're going to have to do another podcast <laughs> coming on, on some other subject. Maybe we'll do like phase one of New Media Lab or where we are with Media Lab. Yeah. Because again, Lynn and I are not relying on a space yet. We're, we're, we're starting this now. Like this is going on right now. Like the new media lab is my desk yeah. or the new media lab is your, your living room because we're working remotely yeah. from home. But again, if you want to reach out with us, um, uh, to Lynn or to myself, feel, you know, feel free to contact us by email. We'll, we'll take care of any kind of questions and comments there. And, and we're okay. excited to work with you. So oh, please yeah. reach out. Right. Please reach out. Please reach out. The Toast EDU is a production out of Paradise Valley Community College in Phoenix, Arizona. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support The Toast EDU, please share this podcast with others. Also, give us a follow as well as rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast. If you have a question or comment or you're just looking to collaborate or share an idea, feel free to contact me at my email, which is at sam.frolino at paradisevalley.edu. Also, make sure to visit our website as well. You can find that link in our show's description. There you will find more episodes and information regarding the Toast EDU podcast. Mm -hmm.